This is the Blue, White and Yellow podcast from Leeds United Live, giving you the in-depth analysis on all the big talking points from Ellen Road. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Blue, White and Yellow podcast with myself, Economy Gilligan, your podcast producer. And I am joined by Hal um, of Hearts Live. Uh, Hal, how are you doing? You OK? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. How about yourself? Good, man. Not too bad. Not too bad yet. And we're here to talk about uh, Watford versus Leeds United. It feels like a uh, it feels like a huge game, doesn't it, Hal, this one? Yeah, definitely. I mean... When you think about that gap that's appearing between Watford and the other teams who are in the relegation area and just above that and, and Leeds, you know, I think they're eight points ahead going into this game. So um, if Watford can get a win, it drags you closer. If they can't, you, you guys will be feeling pretty confident. So, yeah, huge game. Yeah, definitely. And just, I, I guess, just touching on, I mean, this isn't part of the running order, Hal, but <laughs> the game last night, I mean, we were watching it uh, mm. here and I know a lot of Leeds fans were watching it around the world as well. I presume it was a similar feeling on the Watford side. Yeah, big time. It was It was one of those ones where, I mean, from, from Watford point of view, we didn't want Everton to win. So that was kind of big. Um, I actually asked Roy about it in the presser today and he was saying, that as well, but and he wasn't sure whether he wanted a draw or or the um, Burnley win. But at the end of the day, I think it sort of keeps yeah it keeps everything nice and tight, and it doesn't allow Everton to escape. Much like what I was saying about uh, Leeds trying to escape. So yeah, a fascinating game, but a decent result I think for Watford in the end. Yeah, not too bad really. I think we I think we sort of bonded it the other way really because we we were sort of thinking well it cuts. It cuts Burnley completely off, but then you still look at Burnley's fixtures, and it, oh, it's all up in the air. It's all nervy times, Hal. But but I mean, I guess obviously this this is a, a primarily a focus on on, on Watford and, and consequently Leeds. But what what have you made of the season so far, Hal? From a from a Watford perspective, because I mean the the home record seems absolutely diabolical, but the away record is is quite decent. Yeah, certainly under Roy Hodgson, that's something that he's had plenty of success with picking up those points but um it's at home where the trouble has been even going way back I remember there was a game against Southampton when Southampton were really struggling I'm not even sure if they'd won a game at that point in the season but they came to Vicarage Road and went away with all three points and it happened with Norwich again coming to Vicarage Road and getting those three points so the home records let them down in big occasions um across the season which is partly why they're struggling so much and they've still got uh, Leeds this weekend, Everton and Burnley to come at Vicarage Road. So I think that will define. If they can sort that out, they'll have a shot. And if they can't, there's no hope. Yeah, because Watford's away games, I mean, where the, the sort of, uh, you know, the, the, the decent records come, obviously, wins at Brighton and, and, and Villa and draw at Manchester United. The, those sort of results, are you thinking, wow, the, the, Watford's away form might keep them up. But then you look at the, the remaining away games, Hal, and they're not, they're not favourable, are they? No, I mean, the big ones, that Man City game and then obviously Liverpool, that's just been, those are kind of write-offs, even though you can't really afford to have write-offs, but you kind of have to hold your hands up. But yeah, as I say before, I think I think if they can get a few points on the road here and there and then win those crucial games at home, like that's for me where it all lies. Like if they can sort that out, as I said before, they might have a chance, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see. What What's the general vibe? Um 
at Watford then, Hal? Is it is it one of optimism or or are people resigned? I mean, what's you feel when when Roy's come in? He's I mean, there was quite a funny training video of him the other day where he put a nice little assist through a defence splitting pass. But it, it seems like the the mood's been a little bit lifted since uh, Cisco. Yeah, um, obviously when Roy came in, it was dreadful under Ranieri in that last period. As much as we all love Ranieri and he was a lovely guy, but um, football wasn't good and. Hodgson sorted that out immediately. He got started getting a few clean sheets. Got one against Burnley in his first game. Um, I think some of the fans have felt a little bit. I, th- I think they sway, you know, so much because at times, especially you know when you're down the bottom of the table, you're not winning a lot of games, so you feel hopeless at one moment, and then one good result, or even you know uh, Everton losing last night, and suddenly the mood lifts a bit. So yeah, it's sort of switching and and changing a lot. But I think at the moment there, there's a little bit of optimism just. Because yeah, I think because of that game last night, it went in went in Watford's favour, and there's just enough time left to save the season. So I would say leaning towards optimistic, but not super confident. Last time out, then Hal one uh, nil victory for Leeds at Ellen Road. A Diego Urente scrappy goal nearly sort of cancelled out at the end. A, a lot of good fortune leads his way, really. A, a, a foul on Elan Melier um, after it was bundled in the back of the net, I believe it was by Kuka. What what were your overriding memories of that game? Uh, fr- from a personal perspective, I thought it was Leeds were sort of in control, but we weren't able to get that second and third, which, which really would have killed the game off. Yeah, I think it's just one of those games where we'll look back and we'll think it's past us, like past Watford by, you know, like whenever a game ends that tight, you have have to think like, oh, if we'd taken this chance or that chance. But as you say, Leeds had their opportunities. So I think it's kind of, there have been a few games like that. And and at this point in the season, you've just got to go beyond them, you know, and and look forward and and look into what you can do as opposed to looking back and reflecting on, on the near misses. Definitely, um, and what's what? What have you made of Leeds so far this season, Hal? It's uh, it's been a turbulent one for for Leeds. Obviously, the the departure of Marcelo Bielsa, which has been huge for for the club. Um, it's, I mean, for you guys, managerial departures is it's sort of a sort of a, a frequent thing, isn't it? But but what have you made of of Leeds and just Leeds in general in the Premier League? Yeah, well, obviously last season was sort of a breath of fresh air and it was fantastic. And this term I've had a lot of sympathy, I think, because obviously you've lost Bielsa and I think for most Leeds fans that was probably quite an emotional moment. Even if you felt it was time for him to go due to the form, I felt that would have still been pretty heartbreaking. Um, and I think like injuries have really derailed your season. I think when I look at Leeds, um, you know, Bamford and Kevin Phillips haven't really been able to get going. When you take out two of your best players, it's always going to be difficult. Um my honest opinion is that I, th- I think Leeds will probably, you know, I think you'll be all right come the end of the season. I think you've got enough in there. And when you look at the, the turmoil that you've you've gone through this season, I think actually if you take stock, it has been a not a good season, probably not a fun season. But the fact that you've maintained Premier League status, if you do, um, I think you have to say, well, actually, we've survived that, you know, and, and that's actually great for the development of this club, tr- club trying to reestablish itself as one of the one of the Premier League teams of the future. It's interesting when you, you're talking about Premier League futures and establishing yourself, Hal, because I do look at Watford at the minute and I think I don't really know their position uh, in terms of you know ownership and 
and moving forward because it seems like you know Watford will come up and then obviously you know they'll they'll invariably go down and and it I mean what what's what's the plan at Watford do we think is it going to be sort of if if Watford are staying up this season if if they manage to you know um sort of get away from the clause of relegation do you think do you think it's going to be heavy investment or do you think it's going to be a sort of similar similar thing in the summer transfer window I think it'll be a similar thing. I think something that helps Watford is they very rarely overspend, you know, they don't splash Mm. on, you know, they don't make risky purchases. They sort of use their connections and they bring in a player here and there who maybe you've not heard of, but if they do well, like you look at Hassan Kamara who came in January transfer market, he's doing brilliantly. Low risk. If if, if he doesn't do well, like there's not, they don't put all their eggs in one basket and and that allows them to come down and, take the hit but then sort of reevaluate and often change manager and go again so it's sort of I know a lot of people criticize um yeah their their willingness to change managers and sort of turn over lots of unheard of players but I think like at the end of the day they're, they're not the biggest club in the world but they they're sort of always you know up and up and about challenging for Premier League football so I don't think you can take too many swings at how how things are run um in all honesty yeah, definitely. Uh, I'd agree with that. Um, what about the uh, the managerial change? Have, have Watford fans just become sort of desensitised to it now? I think so. I think there's sort of like a gallows humour about it and they're just accepting like five bad games in a row and, and this could be it. And I think the managers come in and they understand the situation. It's not like a an unknown reputation. I think, you know, Hodgson, he sort of speaks about, you know, it's very much his just looking at from now until the end of the season and... You know, it's it's not about the future; it's about now. And I think all managers at Watford Football Club sort of have to exist under those perimeters. I know we just we we touch on it briefly earlier on, but in terms of Roy's impact, I mean, obviously you don't got have to go into to, to massive depth, Hal. But but has it how significant has the change been? I think I think it has been. There has been a change. I don't know. Ah, significance an interesting word, but I think I think it has been. First of all, before he came in, they hadn't kept a, a league clean sheet all season, and as I mentioned before, on day one against Burnley, they managed that, and then they've done it. I think it's twice more since then. So it's kind of like the defense has shored up, and that was a huge issue. You know, they just couldn't keep a clean sheet, and if you can't keep keep a clean sheet, it's very difficult to pick up points. So, so in terms of that, he sort of added the structure, and I think we were all expecting him to do that. It hasn't quite been. Um, yeah, a massive change, but they've started to pick up points here and there, and the, and the direction has improved. And I feel that had had Hodgson come in, maybe instead of Ranieri at that point, um, I think it was October. Um, had he come in there, I think they would probably be, well. I think they would definitely be in a better situation. I don't know whether they'd be safer or not, but I think he just Hodgson has this experience, this know-how in the Premier League. He's done it so many times before. He knows how to keep a team afloat in the Premier League. So. I think that's where they would be at had he come in sooner. But yeah, he's 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 had a good impact. Um, I think the best you could imagine if you're just hiring a manager at that point in the season. I think I think he's done he's done all right. Are there any players that are flourishing under his um, under his managerial spell at the minute, or, or is it or is it sort of same same? Um, it's not necessarily the same. I think somebody who's caught the eye recently is Cucho Hernandez, and he's sort of like quite a hard-working winger who can, can produce sort of the spectacular. It's not quite got the plaudits that um, Saar obviously gets and Emmanuel Dennis had at the start of the season, but he's sort of one who's, I think he's got three goals in his last four games now. Um, so he's sort of come good at the right time. 
and another player, uh, Loser, who's sort of came in um, over the summer and, and sort of now seems to be sort of a bit of a fan favourite and definitely, definitely Hodgson relies on him. He was off at AFCON in January, February, but he's back now and sort of been in the team regular. And, and when he plays, I think he's one to sort of keep an eye on. He's, he's a very like, nice footballer in the middle of the park, keeps it simple, but sort of wins his tackles, makes his passes, good technical player. So I think those two are sort of guys who've, who've had a good last sort of few months under Hodgson, yeah. We uh, we've not seen. I, mean, I believe he was he was injured for a period, wasn't he? And Ishmael Saar. Um, but we've not seen as many headlines with Ishmael Saar and, and Emmanuel Dennis recently. What's I mean? You just spoke there about Cucho Hernandez, who's who's probably been headlining a little bit more. Three goals in his last four. But um, are those two off off the boil at the minute, Hal, or is it? Oh, we're reading too much into that. I think definitely for Ismail Assar, his season's been really interrupted by injuries. And um, if you go through in the games he's played in, Watford have tend to fare better. And he missed a huge chunk. Like, he pretty much missed all of Ranieri's like, reign bar one or two games, you know. So he wasn't there for then. And then he went off to AFCON, um, recovered from injury midway through that tournament and managed to feature and actually helped Senegal win that. So that was great for him. Came back, played, I think, one or two games, picked up another injury returned now for Liverpool on the weekend, having gone away again. Um, so it's sort of been real stop-start for him. But I don't, I don't think you could sort of doubt his quality or his form. It's just kind of been a disrupted season. As for Dennis, you could argue he's gone off the boil a little bit. He's no longer a first name on the team sheet, um, which, which again, like he was really performing for Ranieri. But the problem was he was getting all the headlines, but Watford weren't winning games, you know, and it's kind of... Mm doesn't matter if you're the, the best player. And this isn't a criticism of him. He was the one player who's stepping up. But if, if you know, if you're not winning games, it doesn't really matter if you score every every game. So he's sort of gone a little bit off the boil. Same with Josh King as well. He's not scored in a long time. So like those guys do need a goal. They do need to step up. Fortunately, like as I said, yeah, Cucho Hernandez has sort of been been in form of late. And they've got Jao Pedro who's sort of challenging as well. He's a good young player. But I do think if they're gonna if they're gonna have a shot, they'll, they'll need sort of the best from Dennis and certainly the best from Saar in the coming weeks. Yeah, is it fair to say this Watford side are top heavy, Hal? It, it's a weird. They've got so many defenders. Um, <laughs> they've got a lot of defenders, um, but it's kind of like, yeah, and they've got a lot of they've got a lot of options, but it's sort of like they're all about the same level. Um, and and then yeah, you you would say like they're they're, they're star men. Like it's obviously star, and then what we've seen from Dennis, like those are the guys who are the sort of the headline makers, if you if you will. But I'm not sure top heavy is quite the word. But I I just think the problem is there's a lot of sort of players around the same level, all, all sort of fighting for the same sort of three centre mid positions or the two centre back positions, and you and you kind of just want two guys to sort of step up, put their hand up and be like, all right, we're going to be the ones who start week in, week out and you can't drop me. And apart from Sissoko in the middle of the field, like this season, um, I think at times everybody else has been droppable on occasions and that, you know, that that's that's a bit of an issue. Mm. From a Leeds fan perspective, Hal, where, where are Watford's weaknesses? Um, because obviously we've changed our style of play. We're a little bit more vertical now. It's a bit more compact, narrow and central. But it, it does look like Watford do attack 
down the down the wings so, and 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 from you know from what I saw last time when Watford were Ellen Road it seemed like when we were a little bit more expansive we were able to get at Watford down the wings now do you think we can expose Watford centrally or do you think that'll work into your guys hands um I think you can expose them centrally I think you've got it'll be a midfield free presumably and you'll have loser as I mentioned there and he'll try to screen a bit and then you've got Sissoko who I'm sure you know is quite box to box and sort of full of energy and then there'll be one other player um it might be cleverly or kuchka sort of they've been sharing it and, and at times it can be that that can be got at and the, and the center-back pairing uh, yeah again like i talk about all these names it's been samir or kafka or cabaselli's coming recently so i think there is vulnerability in the middle of the park if you can play in that style like nice and quick vertical passes and just sort of ask questions of the defense because yeah, all, all all season long, even under under Roy, there's there's still doubts linger, you know. So, yeah, I think there's there's vulnerability there, and I think on the left in the left back position, Hassan Kamara has been really good, but maybe Kiko Feminia, I don't know if that's right. Will Rafinha be playing on that coming up against? Or he plays yeah. off the right. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there's there's vulnerability across Watford because otherwise, you know, they wouldn't be where they are at the table, but. I'm not sure. Under Hodgson, what's been good is there hasn't been like one repeated area of weakness, you know, so maybe that works in Watford's favour. Interesting. Very interesting. Hal, I'm going to do what I do every single week and push you for a score prediction. I, I say it every week. Normally, there's a bit of pressure on you here, Hal, because normally the the writers do extremely well with this and, and I normally notoriously get it extremely wrong, so... Yeah, I've not thought about it until this very second, so I'm sort of going off instantly. Um, I think Watford will scrape by 2-1. I think they'll finally get it right at home. And I say I think, it's kind of, I feel that they have to. So Mm. it's kind of now or never. And um, hopefully it's now and it's 2-1 on the weekend to Watford. But I don't know what you think about that result. (laughs) I don't like it, Hal. (laughs) But I think it's going to be... The reason I think it's going to be a really tough game is because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Hal, but is it a... It's a must-win, isn't it, for Watford? Essentially, essentially. You know, like, there's, um, I think, eight games left now, so that'll Mm. be... After that, there'll be seven games. I mean, it's... I feel like if Leeds win it, you guys, you might as well celebrate. I think think you'll be fine. Um, And... What for, maybe they could get away with a draw because they've still got these games against Burnley and Everton to come. So it kind of, if if they, it's a must win if they want to keep this in their hands, you know. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they really rely on on Burnley and Everton sort of falling away. Which, I mean, by the looks of it, Everton might well do, but Burnley, <laughs> you know, Burnley could still do something. So yeah, I, I would say it's a must win. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining, Hal. I really appreciate it. And where can people find you? Because obviously we produce content but you guys down there are going to be producing leads focused content as well yeah so the website's um hartfordshire mercury or hearts live um you can find me on twitter at howfish 95 and i'll be there um on game day sort of reporting and can follow the live blog and all updates and all the rest of it saturday saturday afternoon yeah good stuff guys uh, make sure you check that out how thanks for joining me mate. really appreciate it yeah cheers thanks for having me and we'll see you in a bit and we'll see you in a bit 